You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The Eagles are at the podium and we've got two fresh pressers for you today. Here to introduce all of that is me, your host, Michael Kist. Follow my work at BleedingGreenNation.com. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. That's K-I-S-T. So as I said, we have two pressers, and I'll tell you who they are. We're going back in time to the night of the draft after the first round selection of Andre Dillard to hear what Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson had to say about how things shook out for them in the draft. After that, we'll get to Andre Dillard's introductory press conference as he met for the first time with the Philadelphia media as a Philadelphia Eagle. Before we get to that, I want to talk some more about Dillard since I have the floor here. So we'll take a look at some analytics and we'll talk about the Washington State product. And there are some notes that I grabbed from Pro Football Focus's 2019 NFL Draft Guide. Let's start with some. He earned their highest pass protection grade of any starting tackle in college football last year with a grade of 94.0 in that area. Out of over 100 tackles, Dillard ranked 6th with a pass-blocking efficiency rating of 99.0, only one sack allowed, two hits allowed, 10 hurries, 13 total pressures in 2019. If you're wondering if that's good, yeah, it's pretty good. Didn't allow any pressures to bull rushes, according to PFF, scored very well with inside and outside pressures allowed if you're breaking it down into categories, so all that's very strong. The area of weakness for him is in the running game, which wasn't a focus of Mike Leach's Washington State offense. Dillard ranked 89th in run block success, so that's going to be a big focus for offensive line coach Jeff Stoutland, and it's something that Dillard addresses in his press conference as well. Luckily for us, Stout has a long history of developing linemen dating back to the 80s, and it's a great situation for Dillard to be in. As we pointed out on BGN Radio 47 after the selection and BGN Radio Special Number 2 when we talked about offensive tackles in this class with Brandon Thorne, that was before the selection. Looking further into the run game aspect of this, the Sports Info Solutions 2019 Rookie Handbook had him at a 54.5% positive play percentage when running to his gap, which ranked towards the top tier of this class. So it's not all bad in that regard. Looking at their blown block charting his 1.12 percent blown block rate in the run game was ranked towards the middle while his 0.44 percent blown block percentage in pass pro was tops in the class all right so let's shift focus from analytics and get more into evaluating traits i had dillard as the 20th ranked player on my board overall so the value matches there with the 22nd overall selection and looking around to some other respected evaluators in this space dane brugler of the athletic who i love and he calls his draft guide the beast and let me tell you the name fits he had dillard ninth overall on his big board and said quote Overall, Dillard is a better pass protector than a run blocker right now, but he is a quick-minded player with light feet and core power to play multiple positions in the NFL, including left tackle, unquote. Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network continually called Dillard the best pass protector in this class, so there was a lot of hype surrounding Dillard and a large shadow in the form of Jason Peters looming over him, and you hope he's able to live up to all of that hype and expectations. All right, one last note before we continue. We'll have a new Kiston Solak show very soon. 
Solak has yet to have his say about this draft hall on this feed, so we're going to give him ample time to give his thoughts. We'll give him the floor for a little bit. But right now, we're going to kick it over to Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson after the first round of the NFL draft. They were at the podium. Um, this is a guy that we had ranked as one of the top 10 players in the draft. Um, didn't anticipate the opportunity to go up and get him uh, when the day started. Really excited. It's a great tribute to our scouting staff, our front office staff, and our coaching staff. We all work together um, on, on the draft process and on this guy in particular. And um, you know, for us, it's always about taking the best player. We went into free agency to try to address a lot of the needs on our team so we could be in position tonight and the rest of the weekend to take the best players. Um, this is certainly not a knee position. We have a Hall of Fame left tackle. Um, and again, you know, he's got a great opportunity to come in and learn from Jason and um, you know, at some point in time get an opportunity to play. Howie, is this how you, you saw things kind of playing out, that there was a chance that he would fall beyond where you guys had him ranked in the top ten? No, that wasn't really what we had anticipated. You know, um, when we look at kind of how drafts go, and um, our evaluation was he, this was the best tackle in the draft, and so usually those guys go in the top ten, and uh, that's how we had him rate him. So when he started to fall, we just saw an opportunity to get a top ten player. Again, you know, when you have a, a top ten player at an important position, uh, it doesn't matter about the, the depth on our team. We're, we're trying to load up on the lines. Um, we've talked about that a lot with you guys, and that, that's how we roll. What's the process like when you – You know, uh, he's got great feet. Him, really, really smooth pass protector, uh, long arms, big hands, great character. Um, you know, you can see a lot of things that we do offensively. Um, at the same time, he's also got room to grow. You know, he, he hasn't hit his ceiling. Um, obviously, there's a lot of conversations about um, his experience in that offense and the fact they throw the ball a lot. And, um, you know, what great opportunity, again, to learn from uh, Jason Peters, Coach Stout, Coach Peterson, uh, our coaching staff, and that O-line room. Uh, what, what a great room to learn from. What's the process like when you start to see him fall? And at what point did you think it was realistic that you could get up and get him? Total anarchy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think for us, um, it, it was important to us that um, we protect those, those two second round picks, you know, and that we pr protect those picks yesterday. So uh, I'm fortunate to have, to have a, a one big guy sitting on my left and one big guy sitting on my right. And um, when I come up with crazy ideas, they kind of give me this look. So um, when we had the opportunity to go up and, and it's, it's a lot, you know, those two players there with a fourth and a six. But it's also an opportunity to get a top 10 player on your board. Doug, no, no, uh, those situations in, in that moment, are you, do you see him falling too? And, you know, you're an offensive minded coach. You want, you have a franchise quarterback you need to protect. Are you nudging Howie at some point to say, hey, you know, this is a guy we want? Yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, uh, we're excited to, to get Andre. This guy is, he, he, he's, a, he's a special player. And as Howie uh, mentioned, he's got a great opportunity to learn. Uh, from one of the best left tackles in our game. But, you know, at, where we had him on our board, um, yeah, I mean, as, as, it got, as it got closer, you know, you, you just try to make some eye contact and, you know, uh, the, the conversation picks up a little bit. And, and uh, we're just excited and thrilled to, to get him and get him in here and get him going. Joe, Doug, is he a, a tackle-only prospect? Or for the short term, do you see him as a, as a potential inside player? You know, right now I see him as coming in here and, and learning and, and getting getting um, 
sort of hitting the ground running, you know, with uh, with our offseason program, with the rookie minicamp coming up, getting in with Stout, and just just feeling out the playbook and seeing where he's at and get him get him caught up. And that, that's our goal right now. That's our main focus. And and uh, as we mentioned, you know. Um, when JP is there, he gets to learn from one of the best. So we're just excited to have him have him in the mix. Joe, can you tell us kind of the background on scouting him and when he first got on your uh, on your guys' kind of radar, and also how that system, playing in that system, projects to play in the NFL? Whether there is a bit of projection? Yeah, well, actually, our director of college scouting, uh, Anthony Patch, he, he lives uh, pretty close to Washington State. Uh, he did a great job, and our area scout, uh, Ryan Myers, uh, those two guys did a phenomenal job of going in there and getting to know. Uh, Getting to know Andre and um, you know um, Zach, Bo, uh, Les. You guys were at the Senior Bowl. You got to see him perform that week down in Mobile. So uh, we were very comfortable. We got a chance to spend a lot of time with Andre um, in our uh, in our in, uh, com- or, excuse me our Senior Bowl interview. So uh, it, he had a great week, and uh, we couldn't be more excited to have him. Hi, Joe. Uh, when we talk about offensive line prospects, especially rookies, we talk about versatility a lot, but. When you have a high-level prospect like that, is is it just like concentrated on he's a left tackle? I mean, if you look, I mean, you see see our offensive line last year. I mean, versatility was a was a huge key. Uh, just speaking on Andre, I mean, his his foot quickness, his lower body flex, his ability to redirect. I mean, those are those are all very intriguing things to us. Uh, Jeff Stoutland has said in the past that you guys kind of give him a list and he says either this guy's got it or he doesn't have it. What was his um, involvement in kind of this process and his thoughts on Dillard? Yeah, um, I think we've used in this draft process the word passion a lot. Um, (laughs) Coach Stoutland gets very passionate about certain guys. And uh, when, when Joe was just describing Andre, I was thinking about Coach talking about his lower body flex. And uh, when he describes his lower body flexibility, uh, his excitement level uh, raises. So he, he just, you know, he, he talks about guys that are unusual. Uh, he uses that word, and when he says the word unusual, it kind of, it's striking. It's like, no, this guy, he's unusual. And, um, and that's what he is. I mean, Andre's unusual. This, this is not a, a normal uh, guy. This is not a normal athlete. Um, and so, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's excited. How, how do you guys make of his run blocking? They, they did it. They, they ran the ball so rarely up there. Coach? Um, you know, it's something that, uh, again, as we get him in here and get him going, I mean, yeah, they did throw the ball a lot at Washington State, and, and that's, uh, you know, it's a credit to what they did, and he, that's why he's a, he's a good pass pass protector. You know, um, we pride ourselves in, in, in running the ball here, and, and he's going to come in and learn, and, and that's the thing. And I, and I have – that's why Jeff Stoutland's here. He's a great teacher, and he's a great fundamentalist, and he, he's going to work on every aspect of every one of our players' games. Uh up front, you know, and and so I have no uh, no hesitation that he's going to be a good run blocker for us. When you talk about it, he's got the fortitude. I mean, this kid wants to be great, um, and and he he takes to coaching really well. Yeah. How you always want to protect protect your quarterback's blind side, but in fact, how much does like Carson factor in this in terms of like I mean, JP for the last ten plus years has had your quarterback's back, but how does that factor into looking? into the future with Carson being here you hope for the next decade you want this guy to be your yeah, your blind side protector it, it's hard to find offensive linemen it, it's hard to find guys with great feet um, big bodies big hands um it's hard to find these guys, you know. They, they don't they don't grow on trees. There, there's very few uh, people in the world, you know. It's the big men. There's very few big men with that kind of feet, and so 
Um, it's it's just unusual to get them. Uh, we do we like our offensive line depth. We liked it before today. We like the guys that we have on our team, and it's just an area that um, we want to continue to invest in and be strong in and keep developing guys because. You need it. You need it over the course of the season. We've seen that. You need the depth, and uh, it's just a great situation for a young player to come into. As is, uh, is a little bit older as a, as a prospect, uh, how much do you factor that in, into the evaluation? Yeah, I think that that's part of our evaluation process. I mean, we, we look at age um, as a factor, uh, but you know, when you look at this guy and his ceiling, and when you look at that, a lot of times, I think some of the things that we've learned, you know, I know I've learned personally, is has a guy hit a ceiling when he's 23 or 24 years old, or does he still have room in his body to grow? And I think we all agreed, it was unanimous, that this guy hasn't come close to hitting his ceiling. And um, just talking to these guys and our staff about what, what we can do for him, and, and especially in the run game, and talk about explosive power, but you can also see it on tape. I mean, I don't think it's fair to say that this guy um, isn't good in the run game. Um, so. Um, we're, ju we're just really excited right now about this, but at the same time, we got to go back upstairs. We got to see what's going on. We got a lot of work to do the next couple of days, so um, that's as, all I got. As you watch the picks come off the board, did you think Houston was the team you had to jump? You know, uh, to be honest, uh, we, we were trying to go up ahead of Baltimore. Um, we just couldn't come to an agreement. Um, so it, it, it just kind of worked out that way. Um, obviously, we knew or we thought that um, that was a spot that probably there was a chance that they were going to take an offense stack, which they did. Um, and we just had to go by our board, and that was the top guy on our board. So uh, certainly we thought that if we didn't get to Baltimore spot, there was a chance we'd lose the player. And um, I think all of us really wanted to make sure we got the player. So. You said this, this class is a historic in terms of the defensive line. Uh, guys went off the way you expected, and do you feel like maybe you know? I know there's more drafts and more, I mean, more rounds and more picks. But do you feel like maybe something didn't fall the way you wanted to in terms of getting a defensive tackle? No, I mean I, I think things fell exactly <laughs> how we thought they would. I mean, uh, it, it is a strong D-line class, and I think you've seen with the beginning of this draft, um, a lot of teams have valued these defensive linemen. There was a report that, that you had a trade worked out to get to 13, uh, and then. The Dolphins had backed out. I guess. Can you can you comment on that? I, I can't comment on that. I don't know anything about that report. No, we didn't have. We, we the trade we had was the trade we made. Yeah, I didn't see that. You brought Tim Jernigan back. Did that yeah. impact uh, your thinking at all as far as the lineman goes? Or? No. Again, we went into this draft. Certainly went into this first round just wanting to get an opportunity to to get the best player we possibly could get, and you know, sitting where we were at 25. You know, to come into this day, if we would have come in this morning and said we're going to get a top ten player at our board at an important position, you know, I, we didn't really anticipate that, and we thought if that was the case, we would have to use one of those two second round picks, and we didn't really want to do that. Um, you know, Timmy, it's great to get Timmy back. He he's just got great energy for our football team. Um, you know, just looking at that defensive line room and and that defensive tackle position, that that's a strength of our team, and um, you know, it's it's just a good fit for us and Timmy. How y'all doing? I just wanted to give a quick thanks to um, Mr. Lurie, Howie, Howie Roseman, and uh, Coach Peterson for this opportunity here, and to also to my friends, family, and coaches for supporting me and loving me throughout this whole process. So, um, so last year you were the top by Pro Football Focus. You were the top pass blocking tackle in college football last year. What adjustments are you going to have to make from the from the college game to the NFL game? Yeah. So coming uh, from that Mike Leach offense at Wazoo, we definitely passed the ball a lot. And so 
kind of got a leg up on the pass protection and uh, aspect of the game. And, you know, there's that question, you know, can this guy run block? You know, there hasn't been much film of that. I haven't been asked to do that a lot. But, you know, since the end of college, I've been working a lot on that part of the game. And I'm going to continue to do that. And I'm really excited. You mentioned Mike's offense. Uh, you're in a two-point stance most of the time. Uh, and not a lot of run blocking in that offense. Uh, how do you think you'll uh, take the next step at this level, doing three, three-point stance and run block? Yeah, like I said, um, you know, at the Senior Bowl, I kind of got my first glimpse at being in a three-point stance, and it felt pretty natural for me to do that and uh, put the hand in the dirt and just drive somebody off the ball. So, you know, if that was a lot of fun, I can only imagine what the next, you know, chapter of my life is going to be like, and I'm just really excited to, you know, get to work and improve in every way that I can. Of course, you got a little taste of that, you know, over my film and over the senior bowl film. It's just a switch, you know, like people would think I'm not capable of being a mean guy on the field because I'm nice right now, you know, but you know, there's that switch that you got to know when, you know, to be mean and when to be nice. So yeah. I think I read that you, um, when you first started playing football, you described yourself as a, as a wuss. Um, and you just talked about <coughs> playing with a little bit of an edge. What changed during your high school career? That yeah. Um, well, well, by wuss, I meant, you know, when I first played in eighth and ninth grade, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. I had never hit a person before. So I didn't, I was like unsure if that was okay. And it's like, yeah, you have a helmet on, you know, you're fine, you know, just go out there. And um, yeah, over the years of progressively getting better at the game, I just fell in love with it more and more and just put more of my, you know, my body and soul into it. And so, you know, definitely gotten a lot more aggressive over the years. Early years back to where you were when you first started playing in eighth grade there. To where you are today, can you believe that hey, I'm a first-round pick and, and you're standing here with the Philadelphia Eagles today? If you, if you go back to that point, I mean, would you have thought that idea would be crazy to be here today? Yeah, a lot of the time I do go back and think about those times, and you know, it never even crossed my mind that I would even be like a college player. You know, and so it just thinking about the journey that I've had up to this point, uh, it really is cool. It really is something special, you know. And so how did that happen? How did you get from that point as a lightly recruited player, as a redshirt player, to a first-round pick? Really, I just, you know, the coaches that I've had growing up, I've uh, been blessed to have, you know, some of the best men in my life um, with those guys. And they really took me under their wing and, you know, showed me everything about the game and always encouraged me to, to keep going, keep pushing when times got really tough and I was discouraged in myself. So. When things weren't going well real early, what made you stick with it? Why didn't you give up? Um, I've always just had this thing about me where I like to finish what I started. You know, I don't ever want to leave anything with regrets. And, um, you know, I just really kept trusting it, you know. You've already graduated, right? And so how important was that to, to get your degree too? Yeah, that was probably the most important, you know, reason that I stayed and didn't go early and, it really effect, it really was a benefit to me in all different ways, football included. But I just think the the degree is the most important part because that's why you're in college. You know, that's the main thing that you got to do. You got to have a 
a plan B because, you know, you're not going to play football forever. When you arrived, uh, fans were waiting at the gate, cheering uh, your arrival. Um, what was that like for you? And then what have you been told about Philadelphia and what these fans are like? Yeah, that was just an amazing feeling. I felt like some kind of superhero, you know, that is a really good feeling. And just to feel that that passion from the, the Philly fans right there. And, you know, I've been told that uh, the media, the fans, everybody is all about their Eagles, you know, very passionate group uh, community. And, you know, I'm just really excited to be a part of all that. So, so, so I think you only gave up one sack last season at Washington State. Uh, do, do you remember the one sack and how, how much pride do you take in a stat like that? Only giving up yeah. one when, you, when they pass the ball as much as you guys I remember do. that same exact play. I sometimes like dreamt about it because <laughs> I just really critical of myself and everything that I could do better on each play. So. They've got Jason Peters, obviously, as you've heard, uh, at left tackle for now. Do they tell you what they'd like to see from you this year? And if there's an opportunity and they really want to get you on the field, would you play guard or would you learn another position on the line? Yeah, right now I'm here just meeting everybody, kind of showing me the ropes around the place right now. But, you know, whatever they need me to do, I'm here ready to do it and ready to work. Getting back back to that uh, one sack, what do you remember about it? Uh, I do remember that my weight was kind of forward and my hands weren't all the way inside on that that particular play. And so he kind of just got a hold of my shoulder and kind of pulled me down forward and went inside. So it's just, I'll always remember that play. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of scouting reports praise you for your technique. How, how have you kind of developed that technique throughout your, your career? And has your dad helped you with that at all, having his experience? Yeah, my dad definitely played a huge part in just my football development, especially in the earlier stages. You know, I'd always ask him for advice throughout the years and not just football, but life in general. And, um, yeah, he's been just the greatest role model for me. And, you know, after every game, he would kind of critique me a little bit here and there, you know, tell me about certain plays and all that. But uh, the technique standpoint, uh, I used to watch a lot of – Jason Peters and you know Tyron Smith with the Cowboys and you know Trent Williams the Redskins uh, just some good tackle uh, David Bakhtiari you know I just like to watch some of those you know high-end tackles and uh, kind of watch what they do with their technique and I've heard just lots of uh, you know different pointers from different coaches everywhere. Coming, coming, from, from, coming from a program where you guys threw 50, 60, 70 times a game um, was there a point where you really thought this is going to really help prepare me for, for the NFL, which every year is becoming more of a passing league? Yeah, I do think that having a leg up on pass protection is helpful for me because it is something that is very hard to master. Um, it takes a lot of you know, precision technique and poise and everything. And so you really got to study and take lots of reps in order to like master something like that. So I think it... Definitely helps me with that Can transition. Can you take us through uh, just how much your body changed over the course of your, your time at Washington State? Yeah, so I came into Washington State at 240 pounds, and that was the sole reason why I was kind of under-recruited. And uh, Mike Leach and the staff over there just kind of took a chance with me. You know, let's see if we can put some meat on this skinny kid. And, you know, it just turned out to, you know, work really well. and. Uh, I gained about 20 or 30 pounds each year and started at 290 my sophomore year and then about 305 the next year and then 310 my last year. So it worked out pretty well. What did you do to put on all that weight? 
Um, I just lived in the weight room, really. I ate, I go between class and fill my backpack up with snacks. I would uh, eat late at night because apparently that's how people gain weight a lot. <laughs> and uh, I'd set an alarm for two in the morning and drink a protein shake and go back to sleep. What kind of snacks? Uh, those little peanut butter and jellies in the bags. That was a popular one there. And then like just little bars and bananas, all that good stuff. Did you have to make any changes to your game as your body grew? Did you have to learn to do a different technique? Uh, I kind of kept the same general technique because, uh, you know, when I first came in, I was the I was as fast as the receivers because I was only 240. And I tried to keep that same technique while putting on the weight so that I could be a fast big guy, you know, so. Have you had a cheesesteak yet? You mentioned last night on the phone. That I haven't had a real one. Andre, there's a lot of pressure and expectations that come with being a first-round draft pick. The fact that you likely will not have to be thrown into the fire and play right away and can learn from a guy like Jason Peters, will that help alleviate some of the pressure and expectations you think where you can really just learn and focus and maybe not have to worry about some of those other things that other top picks have to worry about? I mean, sure, yeah, you'd imagine that, you know, if, if somebody were to not have to be thrown in right away, you know, they would get a lot of uh, extra time to, you know, develop their skills and learn from the best of the best. But, you know, like I said before, whatever they need me to do, regardless of what it is, I'm ready for it. So. You mentioned some of the uh, great left tackles that you've watched. Is there anybody you're specifically drawn to? Because... Uh, you compare yourself to them physically or anything of that? Physically, I like to compare myself to Tyron Smith. We have almost the same body. He's definitely a lot bulkier than me, but I like to kind of compare my game to his a little bit. Was it difficult following your father's footsteps? Was it difficult? Uh, at first, because I didn't like football at first when I first got on the field. Um, but, you know, I always just stuck to it and I love my dad a lot, and I trusted his words a lot. So, did he push you? Um, in a way, you know, not necessarily push, but um, he was more encouraging. You know, he was always supportive of what I did in my life. So, um, but if I ever did feel like giving up on something, you know, he wouldn't. You know, he would kind of step in and be like, "Hey, you know, you don't want to live life with any regrets." You know, that's kind of where I got that finish, what you started thing. Uh, kinda. I didn't start thinking about NFL until maybe midway through college. Um, and then that's when my coaches were kind of like, hey, you know, these scouts coming through asking about you. And I was kind of surprised. I was like, are you sure it's me? You know, like, <laughs> uh, but, you know, that gave me some confidence. And then as the words, you know, started coming in more and more about, you know, NFL this, scouts this, and it kind of just clicked in my head like, hey, you know, I can do this, you know, and I started comparing myself to, you know, NFL players or just players that I played with that are in the NFL now, you know, like Joe Dahl with uh, Detroit and Cole Madison with uh, Green Bay. Um, I'm pretty good friends with Austin Corbett at the Browns. And uh, so I just kind of compared myself to those players and I was like, you know, I can be good, you know, as good as them and play at that level too. So What happened, uh, that, that, you know, at a younger age that got you to kind of turn around and like Sport was it one specific instance or anything? Um, there was an instance uh, when I got to 
my sophomore year. So our high school was a three-year high school, sophomore, junior, senior. So when I got to high school, uh, those coaches were a lot different than what I had in junior high. Uh, the ones I had in junior high were kind of, you know, counterproductive, you know, always trying to bring you down type. And then uh, when I got to Woodenville High School, you know, Coach Monin, the O-line coach, and Coach Maxwell, they were just, like, really good to everybody, good to me, and took me under their wing. And uh, that really kind of just gave me a boost, you know, and they really were patient and worked with me. And I think that's what kind of flipped it for me right there. Did you ever, did you ever think of quitting before you got to that point? Before I got to high school? Yeah. Oh, all the time, yeah. I was. It's was, it was really discouraging when you come in late, you know, all your friends have been playing the game since they were like, you know, third grade and I'm in eighth grade and they all kind of know what's going on. And I have no idea. It's it's kind of scary. It, it's it's scary like that. And so you it's hard to want to keep going. But something inside me just told me told me to keep going. Would you say that you, you, say that you um, benefit more from positive reinforcement, that type of coaching than, than as you said, uh, more negative? You know, I think at that age, yeah, positive reinforcement would would have been a lot better because you know you're young kids still you kind of you don't react to yelling as well as you would at an adult age like I am right now and so you know I don't think it carries over that much at all like right now I take any kind of coaching because it's all about what they say not how they say it what was the reason why you uh, why you didn't start until later until what was that what was the reason that you didn't start football until later um Mainly just because I liked basketball a lot, and I thought that would be my sport. And um, I was a little nervous to start football because I knew it was pretty aggressive sport. But you know, I didn't know that. I didn't picture this happening either. So we talked about the uh, the one sack you gave up and how much it kind of weighed on you. How do you deal with failure in general as you're about to make a pretty big jump in? Yeah, with fa failure in general and anything, just not just football, I really take time to kind of analyze, you know, what things went wrong and I just learn from it. Andre, we know uh, Coach Lynch is kind of a unique character, but uh, I mean, you're here. So uh, what did you learn from him that has helped you reach this point uh, in your life? The biggest thing I learned from Coach Leach is really, um, it's a thing that he says probably 16-ish times each practice. Um, not that exact number, but just an <laughs> estimate. But he says it a lot, and it's just play the next play. You know, whether you did, you know, good or bad on a play, like all that matters is the one in front of you because, you know, you did good, you can't showboat and, and be like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm the guy, and then just get ran over in the next one. And if you do something bad, you can't hang your head on it. So that's just the biggest thing is to just have like a short term memory, but be able to adapt and learn. If you did something wrong, five years ago when you first put in Pullman, what were you thinking within your life after that? Um, you know, I had I had no idea. Honestly, I was just kind of going where life was taking me. Have you thought at all about the what your first sort of big purchase would be? Um, maybe a vehicle of some sort, <laughs> so I can actually get around and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You mentioned, you, you mentioned that you've watched a lot of tape of Jason Peters. Uh, what impresses you the most about him as a player? The first thing I noticed was just how big he is and how he can move that body that well, um, how strong he is and athletic. And I noticed that, you know, his technique is 
just some of the best I've ever seen and, you know, what other people have seen. So it was just, I instantly knew that, you know, this is a guy that I could learn from and little did I know I could actually, you know, be in his presence as well. <laughs> Yeah, he actually uh, texted me the day I got drafted. He's just, you know, super excited for me and happy to have me aboard and excited to work with me. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.